looking at this text, again, looking in the time of gospel according to John, uh, celebrating our Advent, the coming, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We look at this text. Many of us may have Bibles and break it down, call it the prologue. Uh, but it's so much more than just a prologue. Uh, this is a theological statement of the incarnation and the deity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And because of that, we're spending this time just in this first part of this chapter of this great gospel of John to pull out that not only is he is, he is God, but today we're going to discuss he is light. And when we look at that, not only is he light, but he also says that he is light. Y'all see that right there? Say the, the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought, in, brought light to everyone. Verse 5, New Living Translation says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. I want to grab on this morning and deal with the aspect that Jesus is the life and the light of the world. That came to lead us to salvation. As we celebrate Christmas, we always celebrate, in my mind, my memory always comes in, of little baby Jesus. But I want to expand our perception, if you will, and no longer look in the manger and see a baby, but see the Lord in the flesh. The shepherds saw a Lord and bowed down and worshipped him. The wise men were wise enough. To see a Lord and brought gifts and worship him. How much more do we need to have the same perspective of looking at a nativity scene and not just see a poor little baby that had no room in the inn, but see a humbled Savior that came down to this earth from his glorious realm in the heavenlies to know and save a wretch? Like someone like me, can I just make it personal? Because if we make it personal, it kind of grips me to realize that as glorious we make that nativity scene, it was not as glorious as we try to make it out to be. Because he humbled himself. I don't know about you, but when you went from having more and having less, there's a great uh, uh, disparity. There's there's, There's a good contrast going on. You go from having $20 going to the store, I give you 50 cents, your perspective changed. You realize you could not get what you intended to get because you have less than what you have. Well, Jesus, who was created, does not say in the beginning. The word existed and, and the word was God. Genesis 1, 1 says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It goes on to suggest here, right here in the word, that the word was God, was with God, and he created. So therefore, from the beginning, Jesus was all-powerful, almighty, all by himself, created everything and decided to come in the fleshly form. Why? To give us life and to give us light. Ask your neighbor, have you got your gifts yet? See, the gift of life It's through Jesus. And look what happens. There is no life without Jesus. And in that process, how the kids will say to somebody who's all in their business and knows them to get a life. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you don't have a life, you need to get a life. 
And the only way that I understand this test for me to have life is to acknowledge it in the light. The light came to expose us to the word. And the word himself was revelation of God himself. Looking at this, Jesus gives life and only through him we have life and only ones who have faith in him will have what? eternal life therefore in him is life which is the light of men this great light is a light that shines into the darkness the darkness could not comprehend it or even extinguish the light couldn't put it out in other words the dark could not overcome the light but the light can overcome the darkness Think about this gift that you can receive in this life, that the darkness, the tribulations, the problems you're having in your life, tell your neighbor to like and overcome. It's good news to know that no matter how big my problems are, the light is bigger than my problems. And so no matter how my children may get on my last nerves, I can turn to the light and say, Lord, shine some light on this situation no matter how my spouse might be getting me all upset, I can say, Lord, shine some light on this situation. No matter how my pains and my aches and the stresses of life get too sometimes burdensome on my life, I can say the light can shine some light on the situation. And catch this, what the light will reveal is what you might not want to see. Because the light reveals what is wicked. And when the light shines on us, we start realizing it's not that person or my child that oftentimes has the problem, but the problem is in me. I have not been patient enough. I have not been forgiven enough. I have not been loving enough. And God forbid, I have not been praying enough. Y'all quiet on me. But if you look at the process that those who want to know the light seek the light. And those who are seeking the life practice truth. You can't be about it unless you are about it. So how can you be peace when you don't practice peace? How can you be truth when you don't practice truth? And so to be in the light, we have to walk in the light. And to walk in the light, you're going to be exposed for who you are. And I don't know about you, but I like exposure. Because when he exposes me, I see what I need to work on. And I said, Lord, I turn it over to you. My life is not my own. I surrender all to you, oh God. How can I be more like you? Because I belong to you. Because I was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at this process here that Jesus is the truth. Like Y'all see that in the text? That John the Baptist, uh, the, and little side note, throw this one in for free. In the gospel, according to John, he refers to John, but he does not say Baptist in his. He just say John. And so when you look at John, he says John was not the light, but he came to tell us about the true light. Hello, somebody. And so we too need to realize that you're not the light. Y'all quiet on me. But you ought to tell somebody about the light. I, I just want to throw this one back in because y'all got quiet on me. I just want to let you know that you're not as good as you think y'all. I got a few more people with me. All right, all right. And so Jesus has charged us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. As a light of the world, we should lead others to and tell others about the 
true light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. We are called to be a light to the world and called to, to let our light shine so all can find the true light. And we can bring them into his presence. This means we'll be modeling our lives after Jesus who modeled his life after the Father. Do we not see the Son came to lead us to the Father? By being the true light, how much more do we need to be a light shining them to the true light who's only the way that can take them to the Father? Because Jesus says, I am the way, the true, and the light. No man can get to the Father but through me. Going back, look at that text, that where is life? Life is only through him. Nothing was made except through him or by him, and in him was life, and in him was not only life, but the light of the world. And who is the light of the world? The word. Who is the word? It became flesh. So therefore, in all my deduction, I come out to understand that Jesus is my light, is my salvation, <laughs> he is my peace, he is my redeemer, he is my all. And all. And so we see that right there in the text. So the true light came to enlighten us, to reveal wickedness and to save us from all judgment. You see that? This is the judgment the light has come into the world and, and men and love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light. It does not come to the light, for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. So just as the moths are drawn to the flame, we as Christians should be drawn to the true light to receive the benefits of the light. Go back and look at what I just read in the gospel, John 3rd chapter. And you'll see that we too should be able to be drawn to the light, to practice the light. That we should be just like a moth attracted. Now, and you know why a moth is attracted to a flame? I've been doing research on it. I could not, they, they cannot come to a sad conclusion, but they come to this ideology of this, that a moth and those insects are, are governed by the direction by the sun. And so since the sun is so far away that when any light gets into their presence, they think that's the light. And so they draw close to these artificial lights. Think it's giving them direction. And since you know the earth orbits, they don't fly straight. That's why they circle around and circle around until they hit the light. And they're attracted to light, but the sad aspect that many of them die because they go to an artificial light. They know they need a light. They know they need a light for direction. They feel safe in the light. They feel protected in the light. So they want to go by the light. That's why many times if you leave your porch light on, the bugs are all around the light because they can see the predators coming. How much more do we need to be in the light to see the enemy coming? Throw this one in for free. I, one day I was having an asthma attack 
as a child, and, and, and when you don't have an asthma attack, they'll show you something, the air's not going to your brain. I was already crazy, but I was real crazy this time. And so I was hallucinating. I was seeing some neon, you know, uh, 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 creatures like Dumbo, seeing neon elephants. And so I'm hiding in the bathroom, crying out to my dad, seeing a neon scorpion. I think I just saw the, the class of the Titans as a kid. A neon scorpion coming after me. And then my dad came and got me and put me up on his shoulder. And I looked back in the hallway and I said, nah, 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 boo, boo. Because I was in my daddy's arm, and I felt safe in his arm because he was my protection. He was my strength, and I didn't care what they had. I knew they couldn't overcome my daddy. Let me take this up another level. That when I know Jesus, the enemy can come with all he wants with me, and I can stand up and say, nah, 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 boo-boo, because he is my strength. He is my protection. He is my fortress. So come on with your best shot. Because he is my life. And you can't take my life. Because though I may die, yet I shall live. Because he is the life and the resurrection. Y'all see how powerful that is when you know he's your life? Tell you, you have nothing to worry about. So the true light came to enlighten us and to show us that we have nothing to fear. In the darkness. So that when we say, say, though I walk through the valley in the shadow, I fear no, we can truly meet it. Because I ride and I staff, they protect me. Because, you know, that's what the shepherd does. He protects the sheep. So the sheep trust the shepherd that wherever he goes, I will go. Through snow, through rain, through the valley, up the mountain. Lord, if you're there, that's where I want to be. And so we see that this true light is showing us that direction we need to go. He's in a proper position to show us where we ought to go. And so therefore we ought to follow this light. These are the benefits of the light. The light came to save the world and to remove us from the traps of darkness. Also, so, the, so those who seek the truth will practice truth as they come to the light. When you know the light, the benefit of the light is that you know what to do in the light. And the benefit of knowing what's in the light, you know how to practice so you can be more like the light. And we are in need of a guide, Castus, who is familiar with the path. And the way, because we have not been, we have not been nor have seen the place we are to go. However, Jesus came to show us the Father and the way because no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Meaning that since I have not seen him, I have not behold him, I have not touched him, but the Son has, he's come to show us him. That's why we, get, we can gain solace in the Gospel of John 14 chapter. says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That in my Father's house there's room. But I want to bypass that passport. They go on this. They say, where are you going? He said, you've been with me all this time. So you do not know. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. 
go back to the gospel of John in the beginning. We have beheld his glory. He is fullness of grace and truth. He is the only begotten of God in the bosom. Do you cast this? That Jesus became flesh to show us the Father so we can have a glimpse? Come on, somebody. Just a glimpse of what's to come? I, I know how we like glimpse because this is how we like glimpse. We like glimpse on commercials. They give you a glimpse of a burger. You say, I want to go out to eat. They give you a glimpse of some new clothes. You say, I need to get that. They give you a glimpse of some new technology. Hello, somebody. I'm going to go out and order that. They give you a glimpse of a movie, and you say, ooh, that looks good. I'm gonna wait. I can't wait to go see that. And we spend money and time. We get up early or get out late for Black Friday, wait in these lines to spend this money. But can I tell you something? That there's something that we get a glimpse of that's setting us up for eternity? Don't you, shouldn't you spend a little time just getting ready for that? We get caught up with spending so much time buying gifts that we don't spend as equal as time getting ready for the gift. Have you got your gifts yet? Because when you know the gift of Jesus, cast this, cast this, you find out that it keeps on giving. Just, just look in the text. Just, just look in the text. Just look in the text. Look what it says there. Verse 16. From his abundance, we have all received one grace's blessing after another. Another translation says it grace after grace. One translation says grace upon grace. One says one gift after another. If you're missing, let me help you out if you don't know Grace is a gift. Grace is God's unmerited favor. Let me help you out. Grace is what he freely gives you because he loves you. You did not work for it. You did not earn it. Tell your neighbor, you sure enough don't deserve it. And yet he freely gives it to us so that we can enjoy it. Tell your neighbor, he does not just give you one gift. I, just, somebody, I lost somebody. Hey, somebody with me. Tell your neighbor, he doesn't just give you one gift, but he's going to give you another and another and another. So you can sing that song. So every time I turn around, he's blessing me. <laughs> you better say, great is thy faithfulness. Morning after morning, new mercies I see. Your son does shout about when you get to the end of the 23rd Psalm and say, Surely, goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life. You know what kind of gift it is that every morning you got mercy and goodness following you? Just walking around. Oh, it's right there. Because <laughs> he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Grab it this way. It says he became flesh. Why did he become flesh? So he could dwell among us. To make his home with us. In other words, he made a tent. Y'all know a tent. Y'all never everybody pitched a tent before. You know, is a tent permanent or temporary? It's temporary. He came down here just for a temporary stay. But to prepare us for a permanent stay. 
He came down just a little while to set us up for a long while. In other words, he came down to marinate us. To get us ready for when he comes back again. Looking at how he is the life and the light to show us the way. Therefore, the word came to show us what the Father is like. For this reason, the word became flesh and lived or made his, or, or made his home, his tabernacle, pitched his tent to show us the glory of the Father and how he is full of grace and truth. Because, because he was full of grace and truth, we receive one gift after another, or grace for grace. For you know, grace is a gift from God, and we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord, who is the Word, the only begotten Son of the Father. Therefore, let us embrace the light and the life now. And one day we will fully see the light as never before. I, I'm, about to, I'm about to close, but I just want you to set this up for y'all real quick. Just check this out now. Jesus came in flesh in a temporary tabernacle. In the wilderness, God gave instructions to Moses to build a tabernacle. Why did God tell Moses to build a a tabernacle? That's a great question. Well, I come to tell you the answer. God told him, Moses, to build a tabernacle so that he has a place to rest. I don't got time to deal with the rest part, but just think about that for a moment. A place to rest, a place to dwell. That when they went into the tabernacle, Moses will go into the holies of holies. God will come down and said he spoke to him as a man speaks to a man. And he beheld his glory. And the children of Israel realized as long they had the tabernacle and the ark of the covenant, the presence of of the Lord was with them. And because of that, they realized that nobody would dare defeat them or go against them because they had the presence of the Lord. Therefore, that's why they always took the Ark of the Covenant with them into battle. But due to that, some did not understand that where the, excuse me, where the power came from, that they took the Ark of the Covenant and got their tails whooped. And they lost the Ark of the Covenant. And God let them know, I wasn't with you. You took this out as a trinket, thinking that I was just going to bless it. And that was not what I was going to do. But then they finally got their sense together. They trusted in the Lord. The Lord helped them to defeat the enemy. And they got the Ark of the Covenant back. Then David got excited and said, Lord, I will make you a permanent place for you to rest. Y'all catch I said David, right? David wanted to make a tabernacle for the Lord. God told David, that's all right. You can set it up, but your son is going to finish it. Hear what I'm saying? David wanted to set it up, but his son is going to finish it. Somebody with me. So David passes away, but leaves everything for the son. 
to build a tabernacle, a permanent place for God to rest. But the children of Israel still rebelled against the kings and God, and they lost everything in the tabernacle. But God knew what he was doing, that he told David that you desire to build me a tabernacle, but I'm going to build you something greater. That every name under you will be on this throne. That you will never cease to reign. David said, Lord, you you too good. I wanted to build you this, but you gave me this, man. Lord, I, you are worthy to be praised. I'll take that. And look what happened. He looked in the lineage. Through the lineage of David from the tribe of Judah came the lion out of the tribe of Judah, who we know as the Lamb of God who come to take away the sins of the world. The Father set it up for the son to finish it. The father set it up so we'll have a place and Jesus came so we'll have a permanent place. Do you understand this permanent place we'll have? We'll have no need for no sun, no moon, no stars because the true light will be there. Revelation 22, 5 says this way, and there will no longer be any night. And they will have no need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. Do you see this great life and this great life we have gave us a glimpse of what we can have eternity. So now is the time when we unwrap our earthly gifts for Christmas. To not forget every moment to unwrap our heavenly gift. The gift of life. The gift of light. And what's the benefits of life? We are full of grace. Full of truth. And we have grace, we have truth, then we have peace. We have power. We have forgiveness. We have mercy. And when we are operating under that, we can share it to somebody else. So let's not make Christmas about what we're going to get or what we're going to give. But let's make Christmas about what he has already given us and what he's going to give. Because what is he going to give? A new heaven and a new earth. (laughs) A new Jerusalem. I don't know about you, but I'm going to give me a new body. A body I won't complain about because I'm never tall enough or I'm never big enough. But this new body won't ever get old or won't ever be tired, won't ever have pains. And cast this, cast this, I'll never be hungry. Nor will I thirst because I'll be able to drink from the living water. I'll be able to eat from the tree of life. And I will not be too hot nor be too cold, but I'll be just right. Won't be walking in the darkness because I'll be in front of the light. Won't worry, where's my daddy? Because daddy will say, come here, child. I'm your God. I'm your father. And you're my child. So while I'm waiting for that final gift, I'm going to keep on thinking for every day, for every minute, every second, and every hour. Just look back for me one time. Everybody just look behind you one time. Just look behind you one time. You probably say, who are you? What you looking at? You looking at how God bless you. If you're looking back, that means you were brought forward. Some people are not moving on their own. Some people can't look and see what God has done for them. But yet we are able to see that God is doing something in our lives. 
So follow the life. Follow the light. And let him expose us so we can see our infirmities. So we can draw closer to him. So we can be more like him. And enjoy all the benefits that come from him. Let's turn to our Lord for prayer. Father, Lord, we come. We thank you that you are the life and you are the light. Lord, you are our salvation. You are our strength. Father, you are our refuge. You are our rock. And Father, in you we place all our trust. Father, Lord, our desire is to forget about ourselves and concentrate on you. To lean out into our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you and trusting that you will direct our paths, make crooked paths straight, make our feet like hind feet that we'll be able to climb up the rough side of the mountain, knowing that you will hold us close in your bosom and your presence. That when we are weak, Lord, that we can find strength in you and mount wings like an eagle. We can run and not grow weary. We can walk and not faint. Realizing that as much as the enemy will come against us, we can boldly say no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We'll be able to say greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. But Lord, there might be someone here who cannot say that. Lord, I pray that they know that if they confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, they shall be saved. And they will receive the power from on high that they too can face the troubles the tribulations that may come knowing that they have peace, that they have comfort, that they have joy, that they have grace, and that they have truth through Jesus who gives life and life more abundantly. Father, Lord, we surrender to you. Speak to us, O oh God, and have your ways our prayer. Amen. Amen. May we stand us in the hand of discipleship.